right. Grace. We're going to talk about grace at work. I was listening to Pastor Sean's testimony about what had taken place and how he had, you know, had God had really took one step and another step and another step. How many of you know that's, how, that's grace at work? That's grace at work. We just take a step, we take another step, we take another step. So I want you to write down this definition of grace. Um, Sean, if you will, next slide. What is grace? Anybody, everybody? Anybody, everybody? Grace is? Okay, say it again. God giving us good things that we don't deserve. His unmerited, unearned favor of God. It's favor. Grace is favor. Say grace is favor. So as we're looking at grace at work, we're really looking at favor at work. There's favor at work in your life. You, oh, come on. There's favor at work in your life. Come on. I mean, I, I'm, I'm hoping that you will begin to start thinking, okay, let me see worked in my life. And I think each and every one of you could have a testimony. If you'll think about it, you'll have a testimony of how each and every one of you have seen God's grace, His favor, working in your life. All right? So think about that. And then we're going to ask for a testimony, not tonight. We may tonight. But where is it that you could see God's grace giving you good things that you didn't deserve? I can, I can remember time and time again of time where, where before I even knew God, His grace was still on my life. There were times where I had gotten in trouble and his grace was still on my life. There were times where I remember I can think about accidents that I should have been in. I can remember a time of traveling 120 mile an hour on the back of a motorcycle and hitting a ditch and coming out on the other side. And I, I don't know, some of you heard that story, but that was God's grace upon my life. It wasn't but the hand of God, his, his unmerited favor. I, I didn't deserve, I didn't earn his favor that he gave me that day. And I believe that I'm standing here and in front of you today because of his grace and his favor. Amen. Matthew chapter 15, I want to I wanna look at some things. We've been talking a little bit about law. We've been talking about law versus grace. We've been talking about a lot of different things. But one of the things that I want us to look at is, is see how grace is at work in our lives. But I, I, can, I could say, here's how grace is at work in my life. But I want to take you to some scripture. And I want you to see and view how grace was at work in this woman's life. And, and, and a lot of us could say, you know, I don't deserve it. That's right, we don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. But somebody thought of us as most valuable. And his name is the Father God. He says he loved the world so much that what? He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have what? Everlasting life. An abundant life. That life. And we've, we want to step into that life. It is our goal. It's our desire to see you walk as sons of God. To see you walk, ladies, as daughters of the Most High God. To see you grab on hold of the identity of who you are and who he's created you to be and who Jesus Christ, who shed his blood on the cross at Calvary, shed his blood for you to be a child, a son of the Most High God. Whoo, that gives me the goosebumps. 
I got the goosebump is going on up in here. <laughs> and that's part of it. I mean, the Holy Spirit gets on me sometimes, and I'm like, I can jerk and, and all these other things. And then there's times where I know the Holy Spirit's all over me, and I don't feel anything. But it's good when you feel it, isn't it? It feels good. Matthew chapter 15. Uh, I'm just going to kind of read through a little bit. We're gonna, let's, let's read through the Syrophoenician woman, or some might say that... Um, that she was a Canaanite woman. The Bible says that she's a Canaanite woman. Verse 21. I'm going to read through 21 through 28. If you just want to follow along with me. Um, I don't have it up there, but, um, but he can put it up if you want to, Sean. You can find it. If not, find somebody who's got a Bible next to you. Get out your iPad or your, your telephone and look up your Bible. Get that on your electronic device. And let's take a look at that. Verse 21. Jesus went away from there and withdrew into the district of Tyre and Sidon. And a Canaanite woman from that region came out and began to cry out, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. Excuse me, have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and implored him, saying, Send her away, because she keeps shouting at us. And he answered, and he said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and began to bow down before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and he said, and said, It is not good to take children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she said, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall on their master's table. And verse 28, This is grace at work. And Jesus said to her, O woman of faith, your faith is great. It shall be done to you, for you, as you wish. And her daughter was once healed, or was healed at once. That is the grace of God at work. But I want us to look at a couple things here. When Jesus, he kind of, he withdrew. And there were times where Jesus had to be refueled and replenished uh, with the Father. And there were times where he needed to be able to hear the Father's voice. And maybe there's some times we could look at this story and we could talk about us as individuals. Are there times where we are withdrawing and hearing from the Father? Are there times we're withdrawing from things that are around us for, for the things that are being pushed in? Or maybe it's work um, obligations. Maybe it's friends or family obligations. Maybe it could be children or uh, you know, grandchildren or whatever it might be that might be pressuring us in. And he, we took it. We see where he began to slip away. He began to slip away. And some of us can look at this scripture and we can be, begin to see how Jesus was connected to the Father. How he said, I, don't want to, I only want to do what I hear the Father telling me to do. I only want to do what I see the Father doing. He was connected to the Father in such a way that he was listening to him. See, there was a tremendous shifting that was taking place. There was the law that was fading away. And there was a new covenant which we were going to be beginning to be established. And that's the covenant of grace. The covenant of Jesus Christ. That's the new covenant. That's the, it, the old, the Hebrew says the old law, the old covenant was fading away so the new covenant could come forth. So Jesus was seeking that. And it says a Canaanite woman. Now I don't know if you know much about Canaan and I was listening to Sean's message uh, this afternoon and he talked about Cain. The Canaan or the Canaanites are not from Cain. They're from Ham. They're from Noah's son. 
So the Canaan, the Canaan people, basically, if you look at the Jewish study and the history of the Canaan people, they were basically merchants. Say merchant. They were merchant. They were merchant-type people. So you could look at like the, the Phoenicians. They were known as traders. They were traders. They would trade things. The, the Canaanite people or the Canaan people or the people from Canaan, they were merchants. That were some things that you could look at and begin to see. So there was a woman. She was not a Jew. Do you realize this woman that was coming up to Jesus? She was not an Israelite. She was not from Israel. She was not of Jewish descent. She was a Gentile. Say Gentile. Come on, say Gentile. I want you to stay with me on this because she really had no right going up to Jesus. Oh, come on, somebody. What about you when you feel like, well, wait a minute. I've done some things wrong in my life. There's been some things in my history that maybe I've done in my past, and I probably don't have any right to go into church. I don't have any right to be able to seek the Father, but yet you can still seek the Father. Can I get an amen? Oh, come on. Verse 22, it says, And the Canaanite woman from that region came out, and she began to cry out, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord. Anybody else ever cried out in the Bible? <laughs> you remember the blind Bartimaeus? Hey, son of David, have mercy on me. It was the same thing. Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. You ever wonder how a, a Gentile knew that Jesus was the son of David? See, the Israelites were taught, the Jews were taught who the Messiah was going to be and where he was coming from, but she was a Gentile. She didn't have the teaching. She didn't have all of the, the, the classes that they went through when they were Jews, but she was able to recognize that he was the Messiah. You ever thought about that? It's in there. It says, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. How many of you know you can seek some things out when your children are in trouble? You can begin to find something and step into something when your children are in trouble. I, I often wonder how Jesus began to look towards us and even towards this woman. And she wasn't a, a Jew. She wasn't an Israelite. But yet, I'm going, to give you, I'm going to give you some information on this scripture. And I think you're going to be able to read it and understand it a little bit clearer. Verse 23. But he did not answer her a word. He just ignored her. Her greatest blessing was fixing to take place and he ignored her. She didn't know it at that time. Some of us, if we'll go by somebody and ignore somebody, whether intentionally or unintentionally, you'll just quit. Did she quit? She didn't quit. He ignored her and his disciples came and implored him saying, send her away because she keeps shouting at us. So obviously she shouted more than one time. Hello? According to the word, if we're going to look at the word, she shouted more than one time. So she might have kept saying, Hey, Lord, hey, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy on me. Son of David, you're the son of David. Have mercy on me. I believe when she was saying, You're the son of David, she was saying, I know who you are. I know who you are. You are the Messiah. I may not have studied and understood about the Jewish traditions, but when she recognized him as the son of David, she knew who he was. She knew he was the Messiah. She knew he was one that the, that the Pharisees or the Sadducees that may have said, he's going to be coming sometime, but that's not him. So she was able to identify and recognize. How is it that she was able to identify 
and recognize him. And verse 24 says, And he answered and he said, I was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. It's almost sometimes we look at it and we think that Jesus was mad. And he was like, No! I was sent to the lost sheep of Israel. It wasn't that way. If you'll understand uh, the Jewish terminology and the Hebraic phrasing, basically what he was saying is that, I'm surprised you recognize me. She recognized him as the son of David. And he's like, hey, I'm, I'm here to come to the lost sheep of Israel, but I'm surprised you recognized me. Hello? See, Jesus was sent to begin to shift and to take away that law and for them to operate in grace. And because he came to the house of Israel first. Hello? I mean, he didn't come to the Gentiles. He came to the house of Israel. He came to the chosen people. He came to the chosen one. But yet he was saying, hey, you've recognized me as the son of David. Meaning you've recognized me as the Messiah. Oh, come on, somebody. It's going to, you're going to look at this scripture in a different way and you're going to say, oh, she recognized him. And he knew she recognized him. But he said, hey, I'm surprised you recognize me, but I came to the house of Israel. I came to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. It's, like, it's almost like when Jesus told his mother, it's not my time yet. And his mother was like, oh, yeah, I know you. You can still do it. You guys go get what he needs and you just do as he tells you to do. You know, what was Jesus going to do? Okay, Mom, I got you. And he turned water into wine. So look at this. We're talking about grace. We're talking about grace at work. She came and she began to bow down to him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and he said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. He was still operating in a law principle. I came to the house of Israel. You don't want me to take these things from them and give it to you because it was really supposed to be for them. And if I give it to you, then maybe I won't be able to give it to them, which that, we know that's not true because Jesus was God incarnate and he could still flow. Are you with me? With giftings, it's not as if he could run out. But he said, look, you don't want me to take this here, this bread that I have, and give it to you. How many of you know, some of us may not realize that, but that bread is grace. Think about that. Under the law, it was manna, wasn't it? Under the new covenant, it's grace. It's bread. Didn't Jesus say, I am the bread of life? He's the bread. So Jesus himself, he says, You're going to, I've come here for the, for the lost tribe or, the, or the, the nation of Israel, and you're wanting me to, to take what I have and now give it to you. Here's what she said. Here's what she responded. She said, yes, Lord, but even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Anybody ever had a dog that they fed under there? <laughs> Man, we were kids. I didn't want to eat green beans. My dog was getting them green beans anytime I could get them to them. Yeah. It was some stuff I was like, here you go, here you go. Put him in a napkin go out to the dog's dish. Try to get rid of them. <laughs> So let's go this. Let's, take the, let's go to the next slide, Sean. I, I want to I point out a few things here real quick. If we'll look at this. Because she, Jesus was beginning to step into operating in grace. She didn't deserve her daughter to get healed, did she? Did she? 
Come on. She wasn't even Jew. Jesus came for the Jews, and she's asking something of him. And most of the time we were like, nope, you don't get it, sorry, and walking away. First thing that I wanted you to realize is that she was a Canaanite woman. She was a Canaanite woman, verse 22. Her daughter was what? Demon-possessed. Her daughter was demon-possessed. She was in a bad place, in a bad way. Now, I don't know if it doesn't say if this woman had seen Jesus do healings and miracles and everything else. I don't know, but she may have heard about him, but she knew who he was, whether it was the Spirit of God that quickened her to know who he was. She knew who he was, and she cried out. Say, she cried out. She, she, she didn't, I, I don't know how the crying out was. Hey, Jesus! Or it was, oh, Jesus! I don't know how that crying out was. But I truly believe in my spirit that it was like, hey, Jesus, I recognize who you are. And you know what else she did? She honored him. The scripture says she began to bow down and worship him. How many of you know bowing to somebody can honor somebody? In different cultures that you go to, it's not a matter of submitting to them, but it's honoring and saying, I honor you. I honor you. We're learning a lot more about the culture of honor. She honored him. One of the things I realized too in verse 27 is that she was persistent. She cried out, Hey, hey Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy on me. Son of David, hey, son of David, Lord, have mercy on me. She said, hey, 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 Lord, hey, Lord, hey, Lord. And the disciples are, what are they doing? They're going, shh, shh. Would you do something with her? She's interrupting the service. Are you with me? Verse, let's go to verse 28. Say grace at work. When verse 28, then Jesus said to her, O woman, your faith is what? Great. She was persistent. And he looked at her and he saw her faith. Jesus also looked at the centurion soldier and saw his faith. And he wasn't a Jew either. He says, he said, Oh woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you wish. <laughs> you want to see some grace at work? That's it. He said, I've not come to, to give the, the bread that I have to you. And she said, But you know, even the dogs get some crumbs off the table. And he was like, I wonder if he had a smile on his face. I wonder if he looked at her and thought, you're right. She asked good questions. She said, don't even the dogs get some bread off the table? And Jesus was like, yeah. You know what? Your faith. Your faith. It wasn't because she was whining and crying. Hello? She cried out to the Lord, but how was that to be cried out? She was persistent to the Lord. Or do, how many times do we, are we persistent? I know if my grandson comes to me and he's like, Papa, Papa, I want this. Papa, I want this. Papa, I want some chocolate milk. Papa, I want some chocolate milk. Papa, no, no, not some chocolate I want some chocolate milk. Papa, Papa wants, no, no, not right now. Papa, I want some chocolate milk. We go into the refrigerator. We get in a big old tall glass of chocolate milk. Can I get an Amen. 
Come on, you can see it in the grocery stores. You watch, you watch couples in there, and they, and they got their children with them, and they're like, I want this door, I want this door, and they're throwing fits and everything else. Pretty soon you see that buggy, and they're checking out, and guess what's in that buggy? That toy's in there. I was like, yeah, it's a persistent little fella. Maybe he knew about this woman here. It says, it shall be done for you as you wish. She wanted her daughter to be delivered from this demonic oppression. Hello, possession. She said, I want my daughter to be delivered. And you're the one. You're the Messiah. You're the one that I see. You are the son of David. And Jesus said, you know what? I'm going to put aside the law. I'm going to put aside the tradition. I'm going to put aside everything else. You have now touched my heart. You have reached me in a way that I am now going to do what you asked for without requiring anything of you. He didn't tell her, I need you to go be a Judaism. What is it? The classes, you know, convert to Judaism. He didn't say, I need you to go convert to Judaism, and then after you get done, we'll see how it works out. Hello? Did he? Did he? In fact, she should. She was a Canaanite woman. Unclean, maybe, to them. The Pharisees would have avoided her. The Sadducees would have said, oh, no, get that woman away from here. She doesn't belong here. She's not supposed to be here. But Jesus looked at her, and what did he see? He saw her faith. He saw her faith. Did he know he was a woman? Absolutely. He said, oh, woman. He knew that his grace was to be poured out upon her. She didn't deserve it. That's grace at work. Say grace at work. Come on, say grace at work. That's grace at work. Think about this. Think about this. I'm going to have you come and play. You come play. Um, think about this. How many times have we thought we're not worthy? We're not good enough. Maybe we didn't have the right education. Maybe we didn't have the right background. Maybe we thought we didn't have the right upbringing. Maybe we thought, well, wait a minute, if I go in to that church, they won't accept me. They won't love me. How many times have we felt maybe we weren't loved? And how many times have we tried to earn the love But when you earn something like that, you end up losing it. What you compromise to gain, you will lose. Sometimes we'll do things to try to earn love. And we'll even do it for God, won't we? Oh God, I'll be better tomorrow. Oh God, I'll try to... Try to work harder for you tomorrow. We need to be like this Phoenician woman. Canaanite woman. That just said, I know who you are. I know who you are. I've seen you. And she wasn't afraid to come into his presence. She wasn't afraid to step out and say, 
I want the bread or the crumbs off of the table that you have. How many of you know just a crumb brought healing? Oh, that's prophetic. Just a crumb, just a drop of what God has can bring healing. Just a crumb off the table can fill you up. There's a lot of times that we're, we're trying to make grace work for us. And the whole time God says, I'm going to give you that grace. There's times in my life where I didn't deserve it, I haven't earned it, and it's been there. And there's times where we sing amazing grace. But as I look at this and I think about this woman and I think about the grace that God has and how it's working and how he's just said, okay, okay, you have what you wish. It was a good thing what she wished for. It was a very good thing what she wished for. And we can take a look at it and we can see grace at work in that woman's life. The Bible doesn't say did she go on to serve Jesus. I believe she probably did. She knew who he was. She knew him as the Messiah. And we can get all upset about the Pharisees and Sadducees and say, how come they didn't see him? How come they didn't see him as the Messiah? I'm telling you what, your eyes were blind at one time too, and you didn't see who he was. You didn't see him for on the cross. You didn't see him on the throne. But now our eyes are being opened. Things are going to begin to change. Maybe you're like that Phoenician woman that thought, maybe I'm going to have to take the chance and step out. And meet him. Maybe you'll meet him. No, you will meet him. She stepped out and she said, I'm going to meet him. She must have been close enough to him for him to be able to have that dialogue with her. She, she must have moved closer. And maybe if we'll just, we need to move closer. Whether it's, you've been on the road of Cain and it's time to get on the road of love. What I saw Jesus was the love that he had when he turned to her. <laughs> You're right. It's a good question. I do have some bread for you. Your woman, your your daughter's healed. She's delivered. We don't earn God's love. She didn't earn it. But yet he gave it to her, didn't he? He wants to give that love to you today. He wants you to know even greater his depth, his breadth, his width, his height of his love. Well, I don't know if I can. You, you can. You can. I don't know if I can receive his love because I wasn't loved when I was a kid. I wasn't loved when I was growing up or I've had other people that didn't love me. I'm telling you, God is greater than all the other people that were ever been in your life and ever will be in your life. And His love is deeper than any ocean could ever be. (laughs) I want to have that encounter of that love, don't you? When we encounter His love, things will begin to happen to us. And here's a trap. Don't take credit for it because it's not you. She couldn't go back to the daughter and say, Oh, by the way, I got you healed. I believe she went back and said, I met him. 
He is the Messiah. He is the Christ. And you're healed because of Him, not because of me. So there's nothing you can do when, it, when the favor starts coming upon his life, on your life, and it begins to start flowing on you, and things begin to happen out of nowhere. All of a sudden, there it is. You've got to look and say, that's the love that my Father has for me. That's the love that he has for me. You get a promotion at work, it's not you, it's him. You get raises and bonuses, finding money, bills paid off, debts demolished. It's not you, it's Him. It's Him releasing things into your life today. You might be at a place where the only love that you can have and understand is maybe love that you had from an earthly person. He wants us to go deeper today. Why don't you take that and multiply it times a bazillion? Is there such a thing as a bazillion? (laughs) I don't know what's after a trillion. So what about that? What about if we multiplied that? Are we ready for this? Are we ready to step in? And you can come to him. No matter where you are. You might feel like you're a Canaanite or you might feel like that you're a Gentile or you might feel like that you're out and you're not in and you're not cool or you're not all these other things. And God says, I still love you. And you can come to him just like she came to him. And how many of you know that this was before he went to the cross? And not only did he come for the nation of Israel, then he, he sent Paul and Peter out and let them minister to the Gentiles. Come on, it wasn't just for the Jews. It was for the Gentiles also. In Ephesians, it's the Jews and the Gentiles together. It's one new man, and that's what we are. We're one new man in Him. We're one new man in Him. I can receive what the Jews received. I can receive what the Israelites received. I can receive those things because I am Israel grafted in. I'm grafted into the nation of Israel. Come on, somebody. Well, He loved the Israelites. Well, that means He loves me. Well, He thought they were their favorite. No, that means I'm His favorite. Oh, come on, are you hearing me today? I'm his favorite. I'm his favorite. I'm his favorite. I'm his favorite. Just stand up and just receive this tonight. Just receive it. See, you know, she received the healing for her daughter. It was a big thing to have a daughter that's demon-possessed. It may be big for us, but how many of you know it's what Jesus does? I'm just going to ask you just to close your eyes a moment. Please put your hands up like you're going to receive something. Just, just like he's going to give you a package. He wants to give you grace. His unmerited favor. Well, I'm not tall enough. You still get it. Well, I'm not good enough. You still get it. Well, I haven't gotten everything lined up in my life. You still receive it. Well, I'm not from the right education. I don't have the right background. I I don't have a silver spoon in my mouth. You're still going to receive it. Let's receive that. Say, thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you, Father, for being good to me. Thank you for Jesus shedding his blood for me. Thank you that he rose for me. 
Thank you that he's seated on the right hand of you, Dad. That he's grace and truth. It's in him. And I receive it. I receive your grace tonight. Your goodness tonight. Thank you, Father, for being good to me. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a mighty shout or hand clapping tonight. Let's be aware of His grace in our lives. When it happens to you, you can say, Oh, that's the goodness of God in my life. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Oh, that happened to me. That's, that's the goodness of God in my life. Are bad things going to happen? Are difficult things going to be there? Absolutely. But in the midst of those difficult places, you're going to find the goodness and the grace of God, and you're going to say, Ooh, it might be difficult, but this is good for me. Paul himself said, Hey, I got something that's bothering me, Lord. It's kind of like a, a messenger of Satan. That, that thing keeps bothering me. And God says, In the midst of what you're going through, my grace is sufficient for you. And Paul wasn't going to whine and cry about it. He said, I'm going to receive your grace and operate in your grace. And he wrote 13 of the books in the Bible. And he was, he's the main man when it comes to grace, receiving grace. We receive it the same way Paul did. And we say, Father, we thank you. Woo! Thank you for your grace in our lives tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're here tonight and we just want to bless you, we just want to pray over you tonight. If you're here and you want prayer, we're going to be here to pray for you. If you're here and say, look, I want to give my life to Christ, and you've not done that. Maybe you're here and say, I want to rededicate my life. We'll, we'll pray for you. Maybe you're here and you need healing tonight in your body. Let us pray for you tonight. Let us pray for you. Well, I need healing in my mind. It's emotional. Well, come on. God heals emotions. Amen? Let's, let's, let me just lift your hands to the Lord. Father, we bless your people tonight. We thank you, Lord God, for your grace, your goodness upon our lives tonight. Oh, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Father, I thank you that they're shifted. I thank you that their eyes are opened. I thank you that we are, we are going to be ever thankful for you and for what you've done in our lives. We bless your people here tonight. We say peace, let a shalom of God just be upon your life tonight in Jesus' name. Amen.